it's not uncommon that on an event day, I wouldn't sit down for like 18 hours and I wouldn't have a, even a single sip of water or a meal break because you're just moving on to the next thing all day long. And these events have so many components to them that need mm -hmm. to be executed. And it's my responsibility as the person that's between the client and the venue to make sure those visions match. So I'm getting calls all day long and things are changing and I'm making a lot of decisions. So I have to be always be available. And I just constantly like, put those needs aside and then having like a year and a half break from it and going back to it was an extreme shock yeah. um, to like my body and to my mind. And uh, I started getting really anxious. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. This week, we have none other than Megan Loudon. Megan is going to tell us all about herself and all of the amazing things that she is up to. Take it away, Megan. Hi, I'm Megan. I am currently the partner and director of operations at Robert Loudon Photography, uh, which happens to be my husband's business. He's run it for 10 years. And just recently, um, over the pandemic, I have joined the team full time. And prior to me joining, I was an event professional in the hospitality industry, working in large-scale events in convention in convention centers and arenas um, across North America for about 10 years. And uh, I just decided during the pandemic to make a big change after a lot of stuff that I'm sure we're going to dig into. Oh, nice. I love it. I love it. I love that you are aware that we do some digging on the show because we do. We do dig. So right. that is so yeah, I'm already like thinking about all the things I'm gonna ask you. So the first thing I want to know is so how is it that um you became an event planner? Because that is not like something that people just you typically will be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna figure out how to like put fires out all the time and make something magical happen when moments before it's about to start, it looks as though it's going to be a complete disaster. So you got to tell us about how, how that came about. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to look back on it now. Cause, cause I can see exactly how it happened. Like as a kid, I was an extremely like organized and like by the book, by the plan kind of kid. Like I needed a plan and organization and that's where I felt most comfortable. Um, but it's funny to look back on that now and, and see how that like developed my whole career. So I um, went into school for um, hospitality and operations and, and got a business degree in that. And I had always really gravitated towards the event uh, style classes because it was all about that planning and organization. And also like 
one of the things that I really like is delivering exceptional experiences. Um, whether that's even within my own family or friends, like I'm always the person that's bringing people together and making it really special. Um, so it was kind of an automatic thing for me to get into. And um, I kind of had big goals and I knew I wanted to do something big. So I ended up working in convention centers and pretty much exclusively worked in convention centers and arenas um, for 10 years, which is not really a typical starting point for people. They normally start maybe in weddings at a smaller venue, but I hit the ground running and yeah, I mean, if bigger go home, all the right? way up. <laughs> yeah. So my career was very specific. Like I had it laid out really from graduation. Like I was going to work my way up. I was going to be a manager. And then ultimately I wanted to be a director of operations for a venue. And that's what my plans were all the way up to like six months ago, a year ago. Um, and then during the pandemic, it completely changed. Yeah, because people weren't doing events in big arenas anymore, correct? I mean, like we kind of had to put a pause on a lot of things like that. So I can imagine. So then what happened? So you were, so here you are, you know, the, it's like you were made for that just from, you know, how you were, your personality, how you had been behaving, you know, as a child, even just with your friends and family. And then you go to school and then you gravitate towards learning even more about this. And then you come out and you just like start, you know, this huge you start make a huge step. You don't do the baby steps like most people do, which is, you know, the events of, um, you know, like weddings and things like that. You went right to the big guns, you know, the big number attendee venues. And so, you know, that's pretty amazing. And then now we're in a situation where um, we're in a pandemic and those events aren't happening. So then what did you have any fear about the thing that you were doing and you're excelling at? just disappearing in one fell swoop. Was there any fear associated with that? There was and there wasn't. So I worked for a really great company and um, like working in convention centers, there is a level of job stability that comes with it because um, they're required for cities. Like they bring a lot of economic development and growth to the city. They put um, people into hotel rooms and into restaurants and drive a lot of revenue. So it's a very important thing for a city to have um, to bring in those international conferences. So there was a level of like, I know that this center is going to lose a lot of money, but I know that the business will come back. And I know that I have made great relationships at my work. So um, I don't think I mentioned, but I was temporarily laid off um, okay. during COVID. Yeah. Okay. So at first it was just going to be for, I think like four to six months um, as what the company thought, like, oh, you'll, it's May, you'll be back in October. Like it's going to be all good. And then October rolled around and that wasn't the case. And um, you know, the whole staff that was laid off went on unemployment. And then it was like, you'll be back in January. And then mm -hmm. it was like, you're not coming back in January. And it wasn't like for a whole nother year after that, the following January, just this following January, 2022, that people had started being recalled back to work. So everyone wow. had about a year and a half off. So it was weird because it was a few stages. Like the first stage, I was like, I'm just going to sit pretty. Like I've got the whole summer off. This has never happened. I've been working since I was a teenager and working really hard and building this career. And uh, I'm just going to like enjoy the summer for the first time ever. And I really did. It was lovely. 
um, okay. to have that time off. Like right. I thought that I was going to be really out of sorts, but I like filled my days. I was busy. I saw lots of friends, uh, family and, um, had that break. And it, it was, yeah, it was so yeah. nice. I was like, what is this? I'm normally working all the time. And this is like something brand new, which was nice. And then, um, when it started being pushed back the date, then it started, um, kind of those concerns like, okay, well, what is my career going to be? And this whole time I was laid off, I was helping my husband in his business. And at first I was just like, Oh, like I'll come, I'll help set up your lights and carry the equipment and whatever, just for something to do and to help him out because his job's hard. And, uh, but then, you know, being like the event personality that I am, I start recognizing things and being like, Oh, like, he needs someone to go speak with this client. Like he's really busy trying to take these photos on this big uh, advertising shoot. And this client needs like someone to check in with them. So I'll do it. And then I'll go chat with them and say, okay, well, Robert's working on this and this is where we're at in the timeline. And then I started realizing like, oh, like we don't have a timeline. We're just kind of going in and Robert knows what he needs to do. So he's just making it happen. But like, maybe we should have a schedule and we should share that with clients. Then they could have, they could go into the photo shoot feeling like ease, knowing that everything's being taken care of. And so I started developing that for him and I developed like a proposal. So when it goes out with the quotes, like what our business is, like over time, I started putting these little things in, but still not thinking like I'm going to join him. Like it was just little like nice things for his business. And then, um, over, I think it was the winter of 2021 is when I started really applying for other event jobs. Like there were so few that were out and I had crafted this really specific career where anything I had applied to prior to the pandemic, I always got because I was so strategic and I put so much work and effort into that interview and I, I like got it. It was great. But then it was like winter 2021 and I wasn't getting interviews back. Um, I was getting interviews and nailing them, but not getting calls back. Okay. And I started to feel this like severe failure that I hadn't experienced on my career path before. Um, and it was hard. Like, mm. I know that you can't have a hundred percent success rate, but it felt really hard. Cause I was like, I can't believe they don't want to work with me. Like I'm going to work so hard for them. Don't they know like all these things that I do. And that was feeling hard for a long time. And then in the summer of 2021, I picked up a wedding job because um, weddings were the first thing to come back. So right. I picked up an event planning job for weddings and did it for six months and went, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It was so hard. And it, it was because like the company, you know, lost a lot of money during COVID and okay. couldn't hire the number of people that they needed to support the business. So okay. I was the only event planner on staff doing every single event and running them on site when they came in. So the pre-planning, the running, the invoicing, everything for six months. And I was so tired and oh so my gosh. frustrated. And at the same time, my husband's business started suffering without me there. Okay. Um, like his workload was getting really heavy and yeah he needed those extra touches for his clients. His clients were missing that kind of service and, and all of that. 
Um, but then I still got recalled to my former position and I went back and, oh, uh, really? okay. yeah, so that was January, 2022. And then I left by the end of May, 2022 and joined, uh, my husband's business full time at that point. Um, so I do feel really lucky because I got to, um, experience working with my husband, like a trial without yeah. the risk mm -hmm. prior to, and then I got to go back to my career and see like if there was going to be any what ifs and right, like during right. that time, be able to make that decision um, felt a little less risky than it would if the pandemic never happened and this never happened. And it was like him asking me, hey, do you want to join? It would probably be very scary and and a very, you know, difficult decision, but I got to try it. So it out. So I'm curious though, like, so, okay. So you, um, clearly you knew beforehand that, you know, planning weddings, et cetera, et cetera, was not your jam. Right. And then you got an opportunity to actually prove that theory when you joined this company and you were doing it, but you unfortunately sounds like you had an added factor of the lack of personnel. And so the increased workload beyond what you would typically do um, in that position, right? And then you got called back to your original uh, position, which sounds ideal, right? Because now you're like back in your groove, you're doing your thing. Um, you're back on that trajectory to becoming the, the you know, the um, master of events. What was the term that you use? I'm sorry. Direct. Director of operations. Director of operations. Beautiful. Love it. So you're on the, on the pathway to becoming director of operations. This is what your goal was. And then you're like, wait, 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 I don't like, so, so what there had to be like some, like something that happened, right? Because now you're back where you back where you were, you're back on the, back on the path. Like why, why do you step off of it again? So one thing that's been really interesting is during the pandemic, I had like, like I said, the first bit of time that I've ever had to myself to even collect my thoughts and to even like, understand like, okay, like, what is it that I like to do outside of work? Like, what kind of hobbies do I have? Or like, where's my voice? And like, kind of throughout the pandemic, I was realizing that I didn't really have one. Like, I was kind of built, I kind of joke that like I had an alter ego, like robot Megan, like it was just like robotic. It was like, here's this next event. Here's the next thing. Here's the to-do list. And you check it off and you do it really well. And people really like it. So you're feeling like, oh, this is great. People like it, but you're, you're just operating in this state of just constantly doing the next thing for the next person all the time. And just ignoring yourself. Like it's not uncommon that on an event day, I wouldn't sit down for like 18 hours and I wouldn't have even a single sip of water or a meal break because you're just moving on to the next thing all day long. And these events have so many components to them that need mm -hmm. to be executed. And it's my responsibility as the person that's between the client and the venue to make sure those visions match. So I'm getting calls all day long and things are changing and I'm making a lot of decisions. So I have to be always be available. And I just constantly like, put those needs aside and then having like a year and a half break from it and going back to it was an extreme shock yeah. um, to like my body and to my mind. And uh, I started getting really anxious, like okay. started, I have, I had like a couple of panic attacks that I had never experienced before where it just kind of felt like there was an iron grip on my heart 
and where I felt very like I could cry at any minute, which was not really a common feeling um, because it was more emotionless and it was more robotic before. And then going gotcha. back though, I was like, well, I have ideas and I have thoughts and I should be listened to as well. Um, and I didn't have that attitude prior to, because it's not what got me success. Like what got me success before was doing, was doing. And fixing the problems. <laughs> right. But, but I was like, well, when I'm working with Robert, I get to have ideas and I get to decide what I want and I get to say what is needed from the client and, and I get this sense of freedom here and then going back into the event facility and like not having that anymore. And, um, also just like, it's really hard to be in a position like events where you work so hard on a plan. And then when it gets to the day when it's happening, you have all these people going, but what about this? But what about this? But what about uh, this? But what about yeah. this? And they start questioning your plan and mm -hmm. you've put like your whole heart and soul into it. And like that was happening. And that that wasn't new. That happened before the pandemic. You didn't but notice what it was though. New, yeah. Like what was new <laughs> was my, my feeling towards it. Like I changed going back in and then it became completely unbearable. Like I could not be there anymore. And it was kind of like counting down the minutes until... I needed to leave and, and my husband and I had to make that decision based on like how his calendar works and how the finances work in the business, which was going to be a bit closer to the summer. So we held on uh, there for as long as I could. Um, but it, it really became apparent that this was not going to be healthy for me anymore and that a change was going to be necessary. Wow. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, so it's very interesting because, you know, you talk to uh, people who and, and, and you ask them like, well, what do you what? How did you grow during the pandemic? Because it sounds like you had a lot of growth. On your yeah. end, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you were able to take a break for the first time. And in that break, you got to know yourself, right? You got to know like what you like, what you already knew what you're good at, but you never like took a moment. It doesn't sound like to think about who you actually are and what you actually want, right? And mm -hmm. so that is really cool 
that it worked out for you in that way because you know you got a chance to like you said evaluate for the what if so that you wouldn't have any regrets right which is huge that is mm -hmm. huge and then you have an opportunity now where you're able to kind of keep it in the family which is nice you know you're helping your husband mm -hmm. and you know it's a family business so that's that's fantastic you know like all the gains are gonna you know benefit you and your next generation you know and so that is incredible you know and you clearly have overcome quite a bit of fear in this journey because you overcame the fear of wait wait a minute i've always wanted this thing i knew i was going to be director of operations like what's happening i'm not doing that now and what do you mean i have to wait another how many months oh i can't go back yet you know these are all things like i'm sure there was you know fear of well wait a minute i'm off work for over a year how are we going to buy groceries? How are we going to pay the bills? Like there's a lot of fear there, but I find it fascinating that despite all of that, you were able to face the fear with the head lifted without any, like, you know, like I'm sure there were days when you were like, Oh my God, what is happening here? And you might've cried mm -hmm. yourself to sleep. I'm sure there are, everybody has them, but I'm just saying like, despite all of those things, you still found a way to, to kind of reconcile your feelings, to be able to um, be in a position where it, you know, it turns out that you're, you get to hold on to your, your identity and you also get to, to do thing, to do the thing that you are really good at and you're helping your husband at the same time and your family at the same time. So, you know, that's not always the outcome that people have when they, you know, they're faced with like a big fear like that, you know, like uh, your income, your your livelihood, your your, you know, your ability to to do your duty, I guess, as a human being, which is, you know, making sure you pay your bills and things like that. I don't know. I don't know if that's really our duty, but I'm just saying, you know, like so. Um, yeah, no, that's great. You know, and I, I love that you were open minded about things, too, because I think there were two different kinds of people that that entered the pandemic, right? There are people who never, never, ever thought about who they really are, right? They never thought about it. And, you know, and not because they didn't want to, but they just never had opportunity to. And then there are the people who always thought about it and they just use, they, they basically had worked on themselves enough that actually being in this position where they're tested, it was just another avenue for growth for them. And then those same people, you know, and then, of course, I guess it's the third kind of person who never even never thought about it, never worked on themselves and really doesn't care. Right. Um, <laughs> and then so then you have the, you know, after the pandemic. So then the people who didn't think about it and, you know, didn't have any feeling either way. And then they are then forced to or, at, or not forced, but then they are segued into looking at themselves and they choose to work on themselves. So at the end of the pandemic, what happens is they come out winners because they've grown, right? They've adapted. They've like, they've figured out, you know, what other things that they're good at that they can parlay into this new world that we're living in and they have great success. And then of course, the people who were working themselves beforehand, they continue to work themselves even more and they have like exponential growth at the end. The ones that, you know, didn't care, didn't want to work on themselves before, they're the ones that usually have a lot of difficulty. Like they come out and they're like, oh my God, that was the worst thing that ever happened. 
you know, I mean, it is a really bad situation, particularly if you're affected by it from the health side. But at the same time, it was also an opportunity for a lot of people, right? Because for you, you found pause and you learned to live, right? And so, but not everybody looked at it like that. You know, some people came out at a lower point than they went in, or they came out at a low point because they weren't prepared when they went in, or maybe they weren't open when they went in. So it is a blessing to have been open, which is what you were, so that you could then receive the growth so that you could come out a winner in the end. This is yeah. really fascinating to talk to people about this because um, I had a very interesting conversation at the very beginning with a coach of mine. And my coach was like, you just watch what happens in this situation here. It's like people are going to choose to either work on themselves during this time of crisis and come out winners or they're going to choose not to. And, and they're going to be worse off at the end of it. And, you know, I've talked to both kinds of people. And I found that the people that contribute the most to the world after, after something like that are the ones that are open to changing, open mm -hmm. to growing. And, you know, they come out better people in the end, you know? So yeah, this is a very interesting thing uh, to, to watch, to see happen. Yeah. And I mean, I will share too, that like this story is all lovely and great. Um, and it would be so nice to say like, oh, I'm like cured and great and I'm, I don't struggle now and I made this decision, but that is like very far from the truth. Like, um, I'm very happy I made this decision. I'm very relieved I've made this decision. The business is doing very, very well and I'm very excited for the future, but I'm still like recovering from, you know, being in a role where I was a people pleaser like groomed to be a people pleaser for like the entirety of my life and being able to set a boundary and say no and not feel guilty. Like there's all these like struggles that still happen, but, um, and it's hard, it's hard to feel that way, but I'm like working through it and hoping that in the future, like it, it lessens a little bit and that I'm able to, you know, even even more so put my needs first and my interests first and, and live my life as opposed to, you know, living, living for others, which is how I felt I was, but it's still a process to get there. I love that. I love that you share that because that, that, that you just said is a problem that a lot of people have, particularly women. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I don't know if you're a mom, but like moms, even worse, mm -hmm. but like women tend to, and then, and, and then if you are a high achieving female, it's even worse. So you are a high achieving female. That is like, like you, you used the perfect terminology groomed to do that. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, cause you even said that when you were doing the event planning, your opinion wasn't important. You said that you said that you'd, mm -hmm. you'd put all this time and energy into crafting a plan. And then at the very last hour, the, the, the client would just be like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, it's like, you know, we tend as high achieving females not to want to put that boundary out there. Oh no, we're not going to change something at the last hour. I am giving you up until this time frame to make adjustments after that time frame, the, the things are final. This is a boundary, right? 
because right. it, it, it wasn't, it's not healthy for you to, for anybody to put, you know, the client up top and say, don't know, no matter what I'm the, I'm just going to be changing everything. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to like burn my body to the ground, you know, just to make you happy. That's yeah. number one, not sustainable. Number two, not healthy. And it's just mental from your mental health. It's just not a good look, <laughs> you know? No. And so the, I love that you have like come to that realization. So that struggle that you just described, that is a daily struggle for a lot of women, a lot of women, particularly high achieving women, because you are, you're kind of stuck between this, like, okay, I want to please those around me so that they'll quote unquote like me versus setting the boundaries that you know will actually help those around you be more effective. Because if I'm more effective, guess what? Things get done, right? And you get the benefit of that as the person who's on receiving end. So, you know, I, I think that's that's fantastic. And it's not fantastic you're having a struggle, but I think it's fantastic <laughs> that you have the insight to uh, realize that you have that struggle because that is, that's going to allow for you to actually set the boundaries that are going to help you to be better at what you do. Right. Because if you have, if your cup is full, guess what? You can, you can actually like pour into other people. If your cup is empty, that there's nothing, there's nothing to give. And so if you set boundaries, everybody wins. Exactly. And I feel like, um, uh, one realization I made the other day, like on why I would feel so resentful over people like questioning my plan or questioning the work that I put forward um, was because I had already given past my capacity. I was giving past my capacity in anticipating people's needs and what the problems were. And I was, I'm a really deep thinker as well. So I would think through all of the scenarios and I would present the best plan. And because I was successful in event planning, I would think like, well, why are you questioning me? You know, it's going to be a good plan because we always are successful. And um, I would get really resentful for people because if they wanted a change or they wanted more from me, I'm like, I already went above and beyond at step one. And that was a big realization because I was like, well, why aren't other people feeling drained? They never give and they never go above and beyond and they never give as much. But then I look at them and I'm like, wow, like maybe they had the right recipe and I didn't because why did I give everything at step one when there could be step two and three and four afterwards? Like I was trying to cut it off to get it done, to move on to the next thing but it wasn't working for me and I continued doing it and I continued starting to, to feel resentful over the situation. So now I have to like, kind of like reel it in a little bit and give this much, like a certain amount and then see where it goes and see if someone needs more or if they're just satisfied with that much and then make decisions based on that instead of giving everything I have. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, this thing called growth, man, it's constantly happening. <laughs> you it's constantly have to like, either. Constantly, it's, it's ugly. It's super ugly, mm -hmm. but it's great. It's, it's absolutely great. No, that, that is fantastic. And then, so tell us now, um, so now you're in your new role. Um, so are you, uh, promoting your husband's business at this point? 
So what are you sharing yeah. with the audience? Are you, are you going to share um, his info? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a brilliant photographer. And uh, so I wholeheartedly uh, believe in the business and, and what he offers. And uh, the interesting thing about this role for me is that I had always had the dream of being a director of operations. And now I've made myself one. Oh, that's beautiful. And at first, I thought that I would feel like a hack or I would feel like Oh, like it's not, doesn't count because you gave it to yourself, but it's actually feels really beautiful that it was like, this was my goal and I made it happen on my terms. And now like I make my decisions and I can be in charge of like the growth of the business and how we treat our clients and all of that sort of stuff. And it's on my terms. So it feels really great, but uh, you can check out our work at yes. uh, Robert Loudon Photography. Um, so that's R-O-B-E-R-T-L-O-W-D-O-N.com. Uh, we specialize in um, corporate and advertising photography. So we work with a lot of industrial clients, a lot of like um, warehouses with like big heavy machinery, which is really fun uh, to go in. And we work with a lot of the employees that work in those businesses. And the clients use the photos for their websites, for their advertising, for recruiting, that sort of thing. And we also specialize in construction and architectural photography too. So it's kind of an interesting niche. It's not really this form of photography that everybody knows where it's either weddings or family or high fashion or magazines. It's more like roll up your sleeves, wear some safety boots, get in the mud, take some photos. And um, it's really fun. And it's, it's almost like an event when we get to go to different facilities, you get to see something new and try something new. So it really satisfies like that part of me that likes um, events and like the different types of things you can do. Awesome. And then, so are you like um, limited to a particular geographic area or no? So we're in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, and within the greater Toronto area, we do a lot of our business, but we operate across uh, Canada, actually, we work with a lot of um, companies and brands that have um, locations across Canada. And kind of what we pitch in our business is we're going to take care of all of your needs. Like you want your photography to be uniform and represent your brand and you don't want it to look different for every branch or every location you have. So we really work with our clients on crafting a plan that's going to be affordable for them to be able to have that uniform uniformity across Canada. We were really lucky in the summer, we got to go out to the west coast of Canada for a whole month. Um, nice. We were like in Vancouver and oh, Vancouver. Victoria Vancouver nice. and Calgary yes. and Edmonton. And we even went over to Winnipeg as well. And we, we were on the road for 30 days. It was really oh, wow. fun and really different. And that's not something I would have been able to do like prior to this. And we were together, which was great. And we worked yes. really well together. Oh, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Love it. I got a lot of friends yeah. in Canada, so that's why. Uh, but <laughs> unfortunately, none of them have like businesses with machinery, though, <laughs> to refer to refer to you guys. That's um, okay, but that's okay. I'm sure somebody listening will will find that something that they need, and they will. Or if they don't, they know somebody who does, and they'll pass on the info. So there you go. Great. That's awesome. And so now, now, Megan, we have to do the tradition of the show, okay? That is the fill in the blanks. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So the first one is, if I am fearless, I will. 
I am fearless. I will truly listen to what my body is telling me and I will follow through with what it says. Awesome. 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 The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. To me, fearless freedom means letting go of things like guilt and people pleasing and just being able to honor myself and like what my needs are. Love it. Love it. And the last one is my battle cry is. So my battle cry is I actually have one that I use all the time and it is, and I came up with it during the pandemic, the very beginning. And it was try, ask for help and don't give up. And if I can do those three things all the time, then I can achieve my personal goals for myself. Because at first it was so hard to know how to start thinking of myself. And I was like, well, how am I going to move forward? Like I can sit here and be like, oh, these are my needs, but like, how do I actually honor them? How do I make it happen? So I was like, if I can just actually try, actually put in effort, a real one, Mm -hmm. if I can ask for help and figure out what that help is, whether it's therapy or friendship or from my partner or whatever it is. And if I can just continually not give up just to keep showing up, then I will make some strides and I'll make some changes. And it's really fun to look back at my life at the beginning of the pandemic to what it is now and to see how I listened to that and how much my life has changed since then. Wow. Wow. That's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredible. And then you just like this, just this manifestation just came to you. Like, how did you get to that? No, no, it was literally, I was sitting down like, and I, I said earlier, I'm a bit of a deep thinker. Like I, I really go through a lot of scenarios and, and think things through. And I, I'm also like a person of action, like working in events, you have to be a person of action. So I was like, I need a change. Something has to change in my life during this time. And I was like, but how will I make it happen after like a lifetime of not listening to my personal needs? And then I just like really thought it through and broke it all down and was like, well, am I trying? And I was like, I'm not really trying. Like, what have I tried? What have I tried to do to make it better? Nothing. So I should do that. And then I said like, well, and then what's next? Like how, what, what if I don't have the tools? And it was like, well, I'm always helping people. Like maybe someone can help me and maybe like, that's what I need. And, um, started looking for different therapists to meet up with and interviewing them and talking things through and realizing, Oh, like, this is really great for me. And then um, I was like, the other thing is, is if I just don't give up, like if you just give up like a week later, you haven't given yourself enough of a shot. Right. So if I just, you know, if my strategies aren't working and I just come up with new ones, that's my honoring. Don't give up. Like I just keep pivoting until 
it fits because I so desperately needed a change. It was like, it was, it was going to be like a now or never thing. It was going to be a, are you going to be someone who does something during the pandemic or are you going to be someone who doesn't? And it was like a pivotal moment at the very beginning of it, that it was like, which one are you going to be? Wow. And like, that's when I came up with it. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's great. (laughs) Thanks. No, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing the process, right? Because I think that that helps a lot of people because, you know, you may, it it may be like, um, so it may be kind of like intuitive to you because you like think a lot and you think deeply, but for a lot of people, they just can't get to that point, you know? So it's, it's helpful to hear somebody's process as to how they were able to like, you know, kind of pick themselves up and, and, and get out of the, you know, the pit. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us from Canada. It was awesome. Awesome chat. Yes. Thanks so much for having me.